Take, for example, the Toyota Mirai, which has been around since 2015, and they keep releasing new models every year. It emits no CO2 because it uses a hydrogen fuel cell, which is super cool technology, and it emits water as a byproduct. These fuel cells have to still be charged at an EV station, and a fuel cell is basically a suitcase-sized, I can't speak, suitcase-sized, suitcase-sized. <laughs> I'm here. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sea Motionals, the ocean conservation podcast where everything is themed evolving around the ocean and ocean conservation and animals and, and carbon positive emissions and nature and cleaning and just all of that. Saving our planet and keeping it nice and going for a long time. That's our mission. My name is Anthony. I'm Kira. And we are here with episode 16. Yay! Of the Sea Motionals Podcast. Our topic today is wonderful. It's about EV cars and the truths and the myths. Are EV cars really greener? Are we going to bust some myths today? Bust some caps? Or are they actually worse for the environment? <gasps> I've heard both sides me too i've heard so many stories so we're gonna get into it we're gonna dive in to the world of ev cars but before we do that i have one joke i need to share okay why are there fish at the bottom of the sea you told me this already Don't i remember. did i know and i didn't expect you to remember wait let me try to because it's so awesome i actually don't remember <laughs> It's because they dropped out of school. Oh, yeah. Bottom of the sea dropped out of school. Wasn't funny then. Wasn't funny <laughs> now. They were in the school and they dropped out. Now they're at the bottom. All right. Let's start our episode. So dropping out of school makes you go to the bottom? Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. There's so many different kinds of EV cars on the market right now. Every single car company is getting involved with this. It used to just be, you know, hybrids and Prius and then Tesla pretty much kickstarted the world Mm -hmm. of EVs. But, you know, Toyota's been in the game for a while and we're going to cover just the reasons of what makes an EV car great, what doesn't make an EV car good, the top EV cars, and... Is this the future of our world? I think so. Ooh. <laughs> well, just um, 
facts here. It is gathered information that transportation vehicles make up 14% of total carbon emissions. Whoa. And that doesn't count for the emissions impact of processes such as manufacturing the vehicles. Double woe. And cars make up 72% of the CO2 emissions, followed by planes with 10%. So 14% of total emission, uh, carbon emissions is, is a lot. And then cars is a large portion of that. So it's going to be important to figure out how to reduce the cars doing this. And that's why they're coming out with the EV cars now. Mm-hmm. But we're going to get into... If they actually are greener, or if they're maybe not so green for the environment. Yep. So a constant myth around the world. I'm sure you've heard it if you either have an EV car or have talked about it with your family and friends. The most common myth is, are EV cars actually emission friendly? And do the EV cars actually help the environment more than gas? fossil fuel cars, essentially, or hybrids. And this is something that, or another thing, I'm sorry, that people have also talked about is, does the manufacturing of electric cars have zero emissions? And if not, how eco-friendly is the process? And is it actually better than just driving a normal gas-powered car? So let me get into that world right now. The belief of this is that EV charging, which you need to do on any EV vehicle. The belief is that this puts a huge strain on our electric grid because the EV charging stations are actually hooked up to our electric grids. Similarly to how solar panel works on homes, it's all back to the electric grid. In the Midwest, you have wind-powered energy a lot. You see that very often. That's also hooked up to the electric grid. So The batteries for EVs need to be charged if the grid still has electricity from fossil fuels, that more EV consumption will create pollution. Well, the truth is actually quite opposite. Fossil fuels will not, or EV cars will not charging. I can't speak right now. EV cars will not create more pollution in charging. Not more, but they're still creating some by having to plug them in. Right. So... To be a basis start off point, EV cars while they're driving have zero gas emi- or zero CO2 emission, zero carbon emission as they're driving. They do emit CO2 emissions at charging because mm-hmm. of the electricity grid hookup. I'm going to get more into the electricity grid right now. So there's a difference between EV charging smartly and EV charging poorly. EV charged smartly can further reduce emissions by an additional 18% and become a grid resource, similarly to solar power. It's a grid resource. Your solar power you don't use in your home goes straight to the electric grid. So, smart charging means that using technology to align your charging with an optimized time. This means, you know, when electricity is the cheapest or cleanest, or when there's an excess renewable energy on the grid. So one such technology of this is called Automated Emissions Reduction, which is short for AER, which automatically shifts the timing of your charging on the electric grid, basically. So devices are actually now coming out with that. 
So like the original devices that Tesla was hooked up to had no smart charging whatsoever. More devices that are coming out today actually feature this technology. A recent RMI and watt time report found that with AER technology emissions, reductions are possible across all the regions of the United States, even those with the dirtiest power grids and most power consumption. Believe it or not, a fun fact is Australia actually has the worst and dirtiest energy consumption of almost all nations that are... Why? I don't know. That The research isn't there, but they have very, I guess, dirty energy. They're not very, like, solar-friendly. They're not very wind turbine energy. Um, I know a lot of Australians on the West Coast live off the land, but the East Coast, I guess it's just they very are careless with the energy that they use. Hmm. They're not very not there yet. aware, yeah. Huh. Doesn't say anything about their infrastructure. I mean, they have great, you know, cities, but I guess just the the power structure sucks. So with that being said, um, grids can receive an increasing amount of electricity from renewable energy. And this can be brought across the entire US. Saving emissions, optimized changing will increase and you should also consider the CO2 generated by producing the fuel used by a car. So everyone knows there's a lengthy process varying in emissions where the oil is produced, the oil is starting to go to the refinery from trucks where trucks produce gas because they need to get it to the refinery. Whether it's a train or a truck or a plane, it's using fuel. And then you know, you have giant cargo ships that bring oil places, and you have to refine it in the factory at the refinery, and then transport it to the pump. It's a lot of steps to get gas. And yeah, and while you're transporting it to the pump, guess what? That's burning fuel. We don't have like EV trucks doing this. So what I, I wanted mm-hmm. to keep that in all of your minds. I wanted to like keep that there as I go further into this explanation that the process for fuel to be refined and get to the gas pump is disastrous for the CO2 emissions. To further disprove the emissions myth, EV cars and charging them at stations has already been proven to be five times less CO2 emitting than a fossil fuel car. What this means is that a fossil fueling car can burn roughly 170 CO2 um, I think they, I forgot how they mark it off. It is, I don't actually have the number, but it's like CO2 grams per kilometer, basically, is how it's tested. And regular gas cars are around 170. Charging at a fuel station is around 30. Already, you're just saving tons of energy on this. Take, for example, the Toyota Mirai, which has been around since 2015, and they keep releasing new models every year. It emits no CO2 because it uses a hydrogen fuel cell, which is super cool technology, and it emits water as a byproduct. So these fuel cells have to still be charged at an EV station, and a fuel cell is basically a suitcase-sized, I can't speak, suitcase-sized. What are you saying? (laughs) Suitcase-sized. It's a (laughs) suitcase-sized box that's fed a mixture of hydrogen held in an onboard tank, and the oxygen from the air creates electricity through a chemical reaction. Super cool technology, right? So it it takes in oxygen. Yeah, and it basically has an onboard tank that 
creates electricity through that combination hydrogen-oxygen chemical reaction. Super cool. Hmm. But you still need to charge it. You need to get the fuel cells from a fuel cell station. So the hope of hydrogen, which it's not there yet because it's just the technology does take some toll on the electric grid, but the hope is that hydrogen fuel cells is that it will eventually be green enough to be produced from renewably generated electricity via electrolyzing water. Interesting. They're not there yet, though. But imagine, like, putting a fuel cell in your car. And then it can just go for, like, weeks. So they don't have, like, a battery? It is a battery. It's a fuel cell. But it's a battery made from... The chemical mixture of hydrogen and oxygen. That's it. Yeah. There's no, like, minerals. Creating an electrolyzing, like, compound that lasts... Right now, they can go around 500 miles. So uh, let's say a five kilogram tank of this hydrogen fuel cell, there's only five kilograms versus, you know, or five gallons. I forgot how they measured it. Whereas a normal gas tank has like 12 to 15. Mm -hmm. So you can go probably 100 miles on one like gas, like one uh, kilogram, however they measure it. Mm -hmm. So you can go like 100 miles. So you have five. So that's 500 miles. That's great. Yeah. You can go very far. It is costly. Each, each tank fill up. So once you need a new fuel cell tank, on your, you know, once you've expended your 500 miles, it's around $70. Yeah, but that's not too bad for going 500 miles. Right, I mean. right. Most EV cars are at 300 right now. So the hope is that they can modify this hydrogen technology and these fuel cells that you can go for weeks. Do you just go to a regular charging station? No, you have to go to the hydrogen, like EV stations. They're like big Which blue. Is where? I haven't seen them around Orlando. I'm assuming they're in very limited places, and they probably you probably can't get a car like that in many places. You might get them shipped to your home, maybe. Like get some fuel cells shipped to your home. Maybe. Yeah, I have they no could drop clue. off, maybe. But they're they're like big blue charging stations. You'll know if you see it. Looks like a giant like car wash station. It's really weird, but. Let's move on. EVs, they do create more CO2 in production than fossil fuel cars. So I'm going to touch on it a little bit here just to, you know, get some information out there and then I'll have you dive in more. But the myth is that they don't and that's not true. They do create more CO2 emissions in production than fossil fuels. And this is because of the battery. The evidence for this is that over a vehicle's lifetime, they produce less because their well-to-wheel emissions are so much lower. So we'll get into that. Production of a lithium-ion battery for an electric vehicle emits a carbon dioxide equivalent to an operating a gasoline car for about one to two years, depending on where the battery is produced. So the carbon emission from a battery production can be quickly offset once an electric car is in operation because it has no tailpipe emissions. With that being said, for each electric car made, as long as the car has been driving for two years, the EV car is already green and carbon positive versus the factory car production. So essentially, to sum that up, is if you bought the EV car and you drove it for two years, you are now going to be carbon positive. Because the production of the EV car plus the zero emissions from um, the gas pipe, aside from charging, is already less than just the gas car emits for two years. So the myth is broke. There are some very negative sides to also mining. 
The lithium. The lithium for the batteries. So I'll talk about that. But um, I, I would want to compare that to the mining for the fossil fuels. Like, I don't know right. that side of it. But there's definitely some negatives to mining for the lithium. Okay. So I'll just finish up then with this last part. Um, so again, like, just just alone, the production of EV cars and the driving of them for a few years plus the charging plus you know we're in 2022 give it three more years that technology is going to be even better Mm -hmm. also everything i just mentioned in the one to two years that's not even accounting for the entire gas station cycle i just mentioned which has been accounted for i'm not going to do the numbers basically where the oil is produced then the oil gets to the refinery they refine it and transport it to the pump all of the trucks, planes, and cargo ships involved in that is way more than just buying an EV car at the factory and having the lithium mm. battery produced. So for right now, EV cars and hydrogen cars, one, gas cars, zero. So I'll see what you have to say now <laughs> and see if we're still at one. So I'll be talking about the manufacturing side of making EV cars. And the cycle of making a car... You know, you have to get raw materials, get them transported, manufactured, and assemble the car. So that that is not really different between like an EV car and um, a gas car. But yeah, the, the process is very much the same. But at the end of the manufacturing pro- process, electric cars are the ones gener- generating more carbon emissions. And you already had said that mm-hmm. the manufacturing process is is worse. But that's only one aspect of and one time. Yes, it's yeah, it's a one-time thing, and it's it's one component of an you know producing an EV car. Electric cars, they store energy in large batteries. You know, the larger the battery is, the larger the range is, and um, making these batteries have high environmental costs. And this happens because because the the way that we have to get the, they're called like the rare earth elements, like lithium, nickel, cobalt, cobalt or graphite mm-hmm. that exist beneath the surface of the earth. And so they have to be mined for. And like I said, I'm, I'm curious how like the mining for the fossil fuels compares. Yeah. Because people always talk about like mining for the lithium is very harmful the, for the environment. What about the fossil fuels? How, how does that mining all I know is there's drill rigs involved. I'm assuming it's the same. So I'm ass- yeah. I didn't really talk about like the tools and the way that they do it. I'm just talking about um, how it can affect the environment. So they need these earth elements to make the batteries to run these EV cars. And to produce one ton of rare earth elements, 75 tons of acid waste, and one ton of radioactive residues are made mm. from mining. This mining and extraction can harm the water, it can harm the air, can harm the soil, it can harm animals, and it can definitely harm human health, especially if you're around it. The acid drainage is like one of the big ones. Um, It can like pollute aquatic environments, the rivers, the lakes. It can impact deep groundwaters, which can affect like the water supply, especially if these procedures aren't done properly and there's a lot of that like acid draining from the mining 
Um, mining can also release dust and chemicals into the air, and this can be exposed to the air and it can pile up and can cause, you know, different diseases if we're exposed to that dust that is produced because of this. It can contaminate local soils, which can impact local wildlife mm. and vegetation. It's possible that this dust can also contaminate crops and our food, and that can contribute to our dietary exposure. Yeah. So there are regulations in place, but this doesn't fully prevent these occurrences from happening. So it, it is polluting all of these different areas. Unfortunately, I don't like have the extent of like how much it's polluting. Mm. And I think a lot of it has to do with like maybe how careful they are and how well their equipment is to really try to avoid this contamination. But the last thing I wanted to mention was the energy used to produce the batteries themselves is responsible for nearly half of their environmental impacts since most of the energy come from high carbon sources. I don't know if you spoke about that, but then to make the battery itself, they have to use like those carbon sources. Yeah. But like you mentioned, as we move forward in the future, we're improving. Um, we can use more renewable resources that are entering the grid. So it's like you got to start at the bottom to yeah. learn your way up. And then eventually we can use other, other ways to make these batteries. But like you had said, and this is exactly what I found too, the environmental impact of manufacturing is offset within six to 16 months. You said like somewhere around like one or two years. Yeah. For some reason, I read in, in, the, um, in Europe, it's longer. I don't know why that is, but mm. yeah, right now it's, it's definitely more eco-friendly, especially if you have it for a longer period of time. So. Mm. so it sounds to me like the process of, you know, lithium mining is pretty bad for the environment, but it sounds like the process for fossil fuel mining That's what I was wondering. oil is also very bad for the environment. Both of them are not renewable sources because it sounds like they're both finite on this planet, lithium yeah, and when fossil I, fuels. When I found that, it said it's definitely finite, but it could last like a good 200 years, which is not a ton of time. Well, here's the thing. <clears throat> By then, we'll have different technology. You know, it's not finite. The hydrogen? Hydrogen. Well, I'm I'm confused why they aren't doing that then. Well, you why know why. It? You know, the gas companies would not make money. And neither would the well, EV about, car companies. But those car companies would make money. I mean, there's already one on the market. I The Toyota Mirai is is one of the ones I found. There's a few other cars in across Europe and the United States that are doing it, but cuz they're not going to Well, I mean, you still have to charge it, so you're still going to make money from Whatever you mentioned about the cells. Yeah, and the fuel cells themselves, like they, the technology itself isn't. I mean, Toyota's been doing it for seven years now, but again, like the stations are very few and far limited between. So you got to think that, that factor in. You know, Tesla charging stations, smart charging stations, and EV charging stations are everywhere. Right. But have you seen a hydrogen charging station? I don't know why the companies aren't. Wanting to go that way. Well, that's again because of the, the money. Does it cost more to make it? I mean, M most likely. 
I mean, the, the car companies are going to make money either way, selling that car or selling an EV car, and they're going to make money from you having to charge it. So why, why not go that way? Yeah, so these are what they look like. Wanted to see. I, was, I hope I was accurate with, like, the car wash type thing. I mean, sort of. They look almost like a gas station car wash type thing, and it's just a fuel cell that you put in the car. <laughs> so you don't have to sit there and wait, or do you? No, you just... You just get the fuel cell. You pay seventy dollars and okay, you're good to go. Look at this girl. She's in. She's gonna. She's gonna do it. It's just really strange. Like it's very strange. I think it's strange. We're not. We're not making more of those types of cars. If yeah, if we don't have to mine for them. And this is the one car that does have the hydrogen. <laughs> is the Toyota Mirai, which is a really nice, nice looking car. And this is the inside of it. You can kind of see the hydrogen like fuel tanks and stuff inside. I like the technology. I definitely want to look more into it. Maybe we can feature an entire episode on hydrogen cars and the technology because that sounds very Mm -hmm. interesting. But uh, I think you have some more here to touch on, right? I was just going to talk about also um, like about the recycling aspect of the batteries of EV cars. Um, Right now, they're not being recycled. They're just being incinerated or dumped into landfills. Bad. But I'm not sure why. But in the future, hopefully, we can actually recycle or reuse them. It said that we can, after its, its life on the cars, then it could be reused for other types of charging. I guess not a car because it maybe doesn't have enough power at that point. But it can maybe be used to support the electric grid of buildings and store energy from wind or solar electricity sources. So that would give another use to the batteries, um, which would help offset all of that mining destruction. Yeah. But yeah, I just wanted to touch on that, that we ha- they haven't even really looked into that yet. But that would be another way to give it more of a greener thing. <laughs> <laughs> a greener thing. <laughs> What a way to finish up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I couldn't think of the word. <laughs> All right. So we have a list that we have found. We did not make the list. No. I wanted to say the list was provided by the ACEEE, which is the American Council for an Energy Efficient Economy. We did not want to make a list because we don't want to inject our opinions because a certain car would not even be on this list if it was up to my opinions (laughs) so take it with a grain of salt these were just scores given i don't know how they what tools they use to see which car was the greenest i have a few objections but take it with a grain of salt um as hybrids and evs still have higher co2 emissions or, yeah, hybrids have higher CO2 emissions. They are still better than fossil fuel cars. So just do your own research on if you want a hybrid, if you want an EV, or just another fossil fuel car. Whatever your comfort level is, EV emissions, style, price, and as long as you like the car, just go for it. The scores were based on a couple of things. Environmental damage index based on fuel economy and emissions, pollution associated with the vehicle manufacturing and disposal, the production and distribution of fuel or electricity and vehicle tailpipes. So that's how they scored it. And it was also, sorry, uh, I guess I missed a part here. It was 
based on a thousand models, including gas, diesel, HEVs, PHEVs, and EVs. Um, so just keep that in mind. Is that also including those that leverage a hydrogen fuel cell for power? Which, if that, mm. I would be interested. Why isn't that on the list? I'm not sure. I guess they did put those in the study, but again, like I mentioned, the technology for hydrogen is still. The stations are very consumption, or not. That's not the word. The stations take a big consumption on the energy grid. So. Okay. Um, you're emitting zero when you're driving, but charging it is... Right. I mean, that's the same as the EV car. Yeah, but EVs at like 30 grams per kilo, or grams charge. per kilometer to charge. Um, hydrogen's at like 94 grams per kilogram, mm-hmm. kilometer. I see. Whereas okay. regular gas car is at 170. So both options still have as bad as, you know, like a regular gas car. You would just think with the like manufacturing being on the hydrogen side, why that still wouldn't be on the list. But I don't know. Again, we didn't make these lists, but yeah. they're based on all of that criteria, and they have the list come out every year. So this is for 2022. Number one was actually the Toyota Prius Prime. Which I want to say it was number two last year. Yes, it, it changes. They change every year, the list. And it's based on that criteria, what cars come out. And I don't know. The Hyundai Ionic was number one last year. I would still rate it number one this year. This year, it's number two. Yeah. As you guys can see, I do not like the Toyota Prius. Um, I don't know why you're so against it. And I just thought uh, in the next week, they're coming out with a new and improved renovated toyota prius i'm interested to see what it looks like yeah i don't understand why you're so against it i just don't like the name how it looks how it runs Um, how it runs i it's not it's not that i don't like toyotas i love toyotas like i would be interested in the mirai which is a hydrogen fuel power car i just don't like i think you're judging it based on how it looks it does look weird i don't know yeah but this is more environmentally thought like this is based on and then again, it is one point. It's at 69, whereas the Hyundai Ionic yeah. is at 68. A lot so. of these are very close in their scores, but the Prius had one more point. And I will say the Hyundai Ionic and the Hyundai Ionic 5, which isn't on this list because it looks like they didn't take all the cars that just recently came out. That is such a sleek looking car. It is very nice. It's a very nice car. Surprisingly, next on the list is the Mini Cooper SE EV with a score of 67. Didn't expect a Mini Cooper to be on here, but congrats. I mean, it's very light. I think that's yeah, very small. one of the reasons. So it can have a small, it has a smaller battery mm-hmm. and it doesn't need as much power to go. So that's probably why. Yeah. Um, what is next? The Nissan Leaf EV. Very price point effective. The Nissan Leaf actually is one of the cheapest EV cars on the market. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. How much is it? I'm not sure off the top of my head. I know models were ranging from like 15000 a couple years ago. Um, looks like the newest, newest one was from 27000 So they have gone up in the last yeah, few years. Yeah, they have. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're very price point effective. They're very cheap compared to most EV cars. I mean, if you get a used one, a year or two old, you're probably only going to pay like 20,000. 
That's not bad. That yeah. was the same as like the Chevrolet Bolt. That one's definitely cheaper than the Nissan Leaf. The Chevy um, Bolt. I think it was similar. It's not the Spark. The Spark, I think, is below. But maybe that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, of. I'm talking about the Bolt. Um, I think it was like twenty five thousand around there. Yeah. I know you're not a fan of that one either, but these are. They have some, I guess you can say, affordable EVs. You know, yep. they, they range just like any car, but most gas cars start at twenty five now. So yeah, yeah, for most, yeah. All right. So next is the Kia Nero, almost like your name, right? <laughs> and this is a PHEV, just like the the Prius and the Ionic, and. It's a pretty sleek looking car. I don't really know much about the Nero. It's it's a it's Kia. It's sleek. You know they have great warranties I at love Kia. Kias. Yeah. So I think they're really nice cars. You could never go wrong with a Kia. Yeah. They do have the That one was more pricey, but not they, ridiculous, but They do have the more pricey, which is basically almost like a Nero, except it's sleeker and lower. It's the Kia EV6, which is one of their newer ones that just came out at the end of this year. Very nice looking car. The next one is the Hyundai Elantra Hybrid. I'm not sure um, why it says blue. Is that the name of it? Blue. I'm not sure why they had the word blue in there. I doubt it's just that the blue one is more eco-friendly than the other one. That one like was actually tied with the Kia Nero with, like, as far as its score at 65. As well as the Mazda MX-30. That's Mazda's first EV car. That one looks very nice. The Mazda? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I looked at that one. That one looked nice. I like it. Mazda makes very, like, classic-looking cars. Yeah, I like that one. I Mazda's, like, a, mid, a mid-tier car. It's kind of, like, in between Kia and, like, a, a luxury car. Yeah. They're pricing. So... I can't remember their pricing. It says starting at 33000 So. Oh, I looked on their website really quick and it says sold out. Like the 2022 Mazda MX is sold out apparently. You can't get it. I'm not Don't sure. Don't doubt it. I'm sure you can get it. maybe a used, used one. Probably, yeah. probably still hard. But it is a very nice car. And I'm sure they're going to have the 2023 coming out. Very All nice. right. So next on the list is the Toyota Corolla Hybrid. I so, honestly didn't know they had this out. Yeah, the Toyota Corolla. Listen, guys. The Toyota Corolla has been out. It will since last for you 20 years. The 90s. <laughs> This car could be thrown off a cliff <laughs> and a ship could land on it and you can still drive the Toyota Corolla. So if you want a beast of an EV car. It's such a comfy car. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's just like a bed in there. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want a, a tank of an EV car, then go, go for the Toyota Corolla hybrid. I, <clears throat> there's quite a few hybrids on here. The next is the Honda Insight. It's a very Which basic. is also a hybrid. It is very basic. So um, it's, it's pretty affordable. It's pretty basic. It looks like the Corolla to me. No, the Corolla looks really nice. Really? Yeah. The 2022 Toyota Corolla hybrid and regular car look very nice. The Insight is sort of just a, a, a base run-of-the-mill car, but it'll get the job done. The next on the list is the Toyota Camry, which is another one of Toyota's cars. It's the Hybrid LE, specifically with a score of 63. Again, the Toyota Camry is another one of Toyota's mainline productions. 
Not as sturdy as the Corolla, but it's a good car. The next two, it looks like they were tied with the Toyota Camry. So it was the Tesla Model Y. Mm -hmm. Rear drivetrain, EV. Mm -hmm. You know how I feel about Teslas. No, I don't. Oh, I thought I told you. Tesla is, I think, very overpriced for the quality of car that you get. Take, for example, the Kia EV6 that just came out. The technology is far superior compared to a Tesla, and it only costs 50 versus the, you know, the models that... How much is the Model Y? Is that the one that's 100? I don't know. Okay, so it's just 65, a... 69,000. So it's around 70,000, give or take. So I think they're very nice cars. I do think that they are very expensive, but I think they are. They look nice on the outside, but. I have been on the inside, and I think they're great, too. For me, the inside very... feels cheap. I don't feel that way. Like, for the price point, I feel like it feels cheap. But that's just it's my opinion. very, very, what's the word, minimalistic. Yeah. And I think maybe that's why you think it feels cheap because it's not like decked out or like super fancy. It's just like minimal. That's probably why I feel yeah. that way. But so if you like that, then go for it. I think it's nice. I think I think if I had 70,000, I don't I think I would choose something else, but I do think it's a really nice car. Mm-hmm. And let's see. Do we just have one more here? The yeah. Hyundai Sonata Hybrid. I've never liked the Hyundai Sonata, but hey, if they made it on the list with the hybrid, then, you know, by all means, <laughs> let's go. Yeah, lots of hybrids on here. Yeah, it must just be the smaller battery size versus, you know, straight EV vehicle lithium. They probably, it doesn't take as much, I'm assuming. Could be that. And if you don't run the gas on it for emergencies, then maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. I don't know, again, like, we know what they factored into this, but I don't know how they factored it into this right. list. So my list would be different than this list, but I'm not going to make a list. Well, it's going to take a ton of research to figure out this list because it's not based just yeah. on how it looks or how it drives. It's based on like these very specific Mine criteria. would also have style points. <laughs> well, that could be a different list, like the most stylish, yeah, yeah, environmentally yeah. friendly cars. So for now, the Prius Prime PHEV has the highest fuel efficiency of any plug-in hybrid and the Ionic plug-in hybrid is so Check we hope out. you guys enjoyed us covering EV vehicles, fossil fuel, and the production of lithium, the production of fossil fuel cars, what hydrogen has in store for people. We might do a hydrogen episode at a later date. It sounds like an interesting topic. Yeah. Hope you guys do your research. And if you ever buy an EV car, let us know what you picked. Let us know. and Save the environment. Yeah. I guess conclusion-wise, like the EV cars are more eco-friendly. I think it's a, uh, what's the word? Over time. The well-to-wheel is. Over time. Over time. It's better. Mm-hmm. So. so not right away. So the myth is busted, um, but it just takes time. Yeah. And over time, hopefully that will become less and less. Yep. And that's all we had for you guys. So. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Please follow us on our social medias. Stay tuned for all the upcoming things that we're going to be doing and releasing. And we hope you enjoyed this episode of the C-Motionals podcast. We'll see you on the next one. Have a safe drive, flight, 
um, sleep, good night, study session, school, whatever you're doing right now, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. Do you have anything else to add? No. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. My mic sounds good, Jack, too. My mic.